Welcome to Not So Much Neutral Zone bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus. We are talking about STDs or Star Trek <laughs> Discovery. Apparently, yes. Yay. Is that what the actual show is called? That is what the actual show is called. I actually really like this name. At least I liked it before it was some... How did I not realize that it was how, STD? I don't know how you guys did not realize immediately that the acronym was going to be STD. I was really excited about the name. I really like the name. TNG, DS9, VOY, well, yeah, but usually that, STD. Well, I don't know. In my experience with Star Trek series, that that I have never been in fandom while an active Star Trek series was happening. Certainly Voyager. not when it was starting. Voyager. I wasn't in, I wasn't in Voyager, Voyager I wasn't in Voyager fandom on the oh, internet. Fools. I was never in an... I've never been in an online Star Trek oh, fandom, ever. You've never been in not Voyager... Not counting the reboot movies, and I'm only sort of mm, lukewarm You've never been in fandom until you've been in Voyager fandom, oh. and you've hung out at the Paris Torres Collective mm. and read their round-robin fanfics. <laughs> Such a glorious time in my but life. But no, I yeah. really... I, Notwithstanding the STD thing, I really like the name, honestly, because it's a space shuttle. It's a space shuttle. It's about, like, going forth unto adventure. Yeah. It's, it's about nice. science. There's a really cute little video, I think it's Brian Fuller, talking about how, what, like, why he got all emotional about the name Discovery and why they picked it and what it means to the people making the new show. Everyone's getting very, like, blubbery about it, and I really appreciate that. Eh. <laughs> You don't like the name? <laughs> eh. It gives me no feelings. It's a name. We'll see. We'll see. Hmm. I, I mean, I like it. It's a good start. It's better than, like, Enterprise or Ugh. Star Trek Continuum or... What was Star Trek Continuum? You're no, thinking Stargate. Stargate. I know. That's I what I'm saying. Stargate, Stargate Continuum, Continuum was the one that... No, no, Stargate Universe was the one that everybody hated. That's never mind. Terrible. Yes, we did. Yes. Okay, never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> I, I don't mind Discovery. I like that it feels like it's a ship that's going places yeah. and seeing new things, not necessarily going back on territory that we've already seen. Yeah. So, all that they've actually released, there was a bunch of announcements at Comic-Con this past week. They've also released a teaser trailer where we actually see the ship for the first time. What yeah. are our feelings about this? I have really mixed feelings about this. I liked it. I thought the opening, like, I've only watched it the once because I just haven't had time to watch it again, but I liked the way it was presented with the the powering up of the ship yeah. and you get the idea that something new starting. Yeah. Um, and sort of again, again, like relaunching the series, relaunching a ship. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I was, and it was really just sort of exciting to like go around and you know watch the nacelles light up and see I enjoyed the, that. the lights coming up on the registry and I, seeing I, the name for the first time. I have mixed feelings about the design of the ship. Okay. Um, apparently it is based on 70s concept art by Ralph McQuarrie, who is, if you guys don't know... I know who Yeah, is. you know who Ralph McQuarrie is because he did Star Wars concept art. Yes. He does start... He's done concept art for basically every major science fiction franchise in existence. Oh, that's awesome. Um, somewhere out there... Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Um, but it looks exactly like it. Basically, the, the saucer section's a little bit bigger on the Discovery, but it looks very like a Ralph McQuarrie concept art piece. It's pretty cool. I don't know. My thing with the... Because it's very... It's a bit blockier looking than most... Mm -hmm. starships we've ever seen, even the original one, which was not as sleek and sexy as the Enterprise D and onward. Shut your face. I'm sorry, but it's just not. It's sexy. Um, it's it's quite. It's got a lot of straight edges. It's a triangle, like the the main the. I my initial thought when you saw the overhead shot or the underhead shot or yeah. whatever you want to call it with the saucer section and the body was that it looked like an itic. 
Yeah, you're right. It does. That's true. It's just in, from like my senses, and this is only a sense. I have no evidence to back it up. But my sense is that in at least the tw- the series that took place in the 24th century, at least that most Starfleet ships that are the blockier looking they are, the more likely they are to be sent into like like I'm thinking of the Defiant, which is not as sleek as mm-hmm. like star like bigger starships. Yeah, the blockier looking ones tend to go into bad business situations. And I'm sure that was not intentional. It probably wasn't. It was just, that's my experience with that kind of design. My, I think my initial reaction to the design was that it looked like an older starship. That too. Like pre, pre-galaxy pre class. Yeah. Pre, like, uh, I can't, I can't, it's Voyager Intrepid class. Voyager's Intrepid class. Yeah, because it, it, it looked like the Intrepid class is very sleek. Yeah. And, and I still it, think it even... It looks a bit, like, it looks sort of like an older generation. Yeah. It, it looks even less fancy than the the like, the original Constitution class Enterprise yeah. does. Like, it looks less advanced, but, I mean, what the hell do I know? Um, what does anyone know, really? <laughs> My other concern, and I don't, concern is the wrong word, but makes me vaguely nervous, is the music in the trailer. I love the music Well, in it the starts trailer. out very, like, this is, I mean, it's very familiar sort of tones for a starship coming out of dock. It's, it's nice and it's hopeful. And then it suddenly goes a little bit less optimistic no it was like sexy dark going it went minor it went minor and minor is dark danger minor is dark and it made me a little bit nervous i paid zero attention to the music i watched it a lot of times (laughs) there was a shift i'll grant you but i liked it it was like danger unknown it didn't dislike me i didn't dislike it it just made me a little bit nervous in terms of like god what's gonna happen to this ship well it's got eight to nine episodes, I think? I think in the first nine. series, yeah. Nine episodes to kind of figure itself out. And they've also said that the episodes are not necessarily going to be uniform in length. No. Which I think is good, because that means mm-hmm. that you're telling the story that you need to tell, and you're not having to try and fill a specific time slot, so you must include all of this. And one season's going to be a complete story. Yes. And the other rumor that I think we talked about the last time we did a rumor roundup was that the seasons might not necessarily follow one another. That they might just be, like, grouped sort of story and then move on to a different story mm-hmm. with maybe different people maybe in a different time like, yeah i still think that would be really cool but we don't actually know anything yeah. else so the two the two rumors i've heard about when it would be set would be set post undiscovered country but before next generation yeah so that's we've Man. talked about, i think we talked about that last time yeah. the other one i've heard is that it could be set entirely in the mirror verse don't like that. i wouldn't i don't think i don't I'd really like either that. of those i would be of those two choices, I would rather it would be set after the Undiscovered Country because then it could have a lot of political stuff about the Kittimer Accords. Mm-hmm. It would also put it like clo- like closer to us yeah. than the Mirrorverse. Yeah. Um, no thank you for the Mirrorverse. I do I, not want the Mirrorverse. I love the Mirrorverse, but I don't think I'd want an entire series. You want it no. in small doses, in moderation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It would kind of kill me if Star Trek came back to television, quote-unquote, as Mirrorverse, as this dark, gross version of what Star Trek usually is. I would be crushed. Sci-fi. I just have no patience for it anymore. I used to be able to take it in small doses, but I just, no thank you. I'm done with that. <laughs> um, okay, so why don't we talk a little bit, what have we heard about story so far? Because from what I understand, the writing of the series is complete. Yeah. And okay. they've started on casting, but there's no actual even... Nothing really announced. No, it's all speculation yeah. about they talk casting. Very there's generally nothing at Comic-Con. There's not even... No, we haven't even heard this person is in talks, which usually is a precursor to them being officially cast or whatever. Right, right, right. So what we do know about writing is some of the people they've brought on as writers. So Joe Minoski is a former... 
um, a former Trek writer. Okay. He's done a couple of other things, but the most, like, the biggest things on his resume are Trek. Okay. Um, he worked on Star Trek The Next Generation. Some of his credits include Dharmuk. <gasps> Times yeah. Arrow yeah. and Masks, which is a seventh season Ooh. one, but I like that one. Um, two of his DS9 credits, and I don't even know, I can't remember some of the titles off by the top, but the two that I got off there were Dra- uh, Dramatis Personae okay. and Times Orphan. Um, and then he also worked on Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Uh, and some of the ones that he, and I, there's lots of these that I liked. So uh, <laughs> False Prophets, mm-hmm. Remember, Future's End, Part 1 and 2. Alter Ego, and then he worked on basically almost all of the two-parters in 5, 6, 7. Nice. Good pedigree. Yeah. yeah. And he also wrote, he also worked on right, the writer of Tinker Tanner, Dr. Spy. <laughs> 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 um, okay. And so then we have somebody named Aaron Colite. Aaron Sorkin? No. 1A Aaron Colite. Okay. Who is a writer who hasn't, again, doesn't hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. And the, the two big things on his resume were... Heroes and Crossing Jordan. That is a spectrum. It is an interesting <laughs> spectrum from like the crazy ass early forays into serial intense serialization and like a cozy murder show. Huh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, we have Crossing Jordan was very strong on characters. Yeah. And backstory. And uh, so then we have somebody who I do I know nothing about. Her name is Kristen Bayer. Okay. And she writes. Voyager relaunch novels. Yeah, she apparently that one I heard about. She apparently took over writing the the relaunch series for Voyager after Christy Golden, which I and I have not read any of her relaunch novels because I hated all the Christy Golden ones, so I stopped reading them. Um, and she is also apparently renowned, and she's known for tying bits of Star Trek continuity together. Neat. And that was every like her Wikipedia article and her Memory Alpha article both said that that was one of the things she was known for was tying Star Trek continuity bits together, and, and being yeah. involved in the novels. Yeah. Um, and then we have somebody named Nicholas Mayer who actually wrote the the movies, the Star Trek movies two, four, and six, which I don't remember all of those. But okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, and then so we've also got on the production staff. I think he's working as a producer. Rod Roddenberry, yeah. aka. Eugene Wesley Roddenberry II, or Jr., <laughs> who is the son of Rod and, and so Michelle Roddenberry. What a mantle to have. Yeah. 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 So he is, he runs Roddenberry Productions. They yeah. currently run the only other Star Trek podcast that I listen to, which is Mission Log, which is uh, dissecting the, the meaning, the messages, morals, and meanings of Star Trek one episode at a time. And they're about like two and a half years ahead of us. They're like <gasps> in the middle of next generation right now. Which it feels like we're never going to get to. No, I feel like I'm going to be stuck watching um, original series for the rest of my life. But um, he's also apparently credited as a producer on one of the fan relaunch yeah. Movies. He's a person for whom I have tremendous respect because it's very... I can't even imagine dealing with that sort of legacy. Yeah. And especially, like... How do I put it? Roddenberry's specific legacy as a person, as a human being, as a writer, mm-hmm. has often been kind of flip-flopping between, like your demigod and your devil like that's constantly going back and forth and i honestly think he's he's handled that 
very well. Yeah. I'm also, I haven't, there's, he's also did a documentary about sort of discovering about the legacy of his father and stuff, which I can't remember the title of and I haven't watched it yet, but I think it's on Netflix now. So it's always one of those ones that I've meant to watch and haven't got around to it. And I I know I've heard him talk because he, um... Mission Log does like extra special, like like one like yeah. something like this where they do an extra, and he'll occasionally come on and talk about the, like he didn't get into the Star Trek stuff until later on in his life, and he was actually like a journey for him to get there, and to understanding and appreciating the legacy that he was left. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last person that I have on my list was I saw her name connected to the show in an article about Comic Con, and she was described as. Brian Fuller's producing partner for this is Heather Kadin, and the most prominent thing on her thing was she was a a producer on Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Yeah, so, and I mean, I've heard her name before, but I don't know, like, I didn't recognize any of the other stuff on her resume, So, and it was just, like, smaller stuff and TV shows that were, like, 12 episodes that I'd never heard of. So, I mean, she could be, if she's sort of a newer voice, that could be good, too, and it's a woman working like like I said the article that I saw her mentioned and described her as Brian Fuller's producing partner yeah, yeah. so yeah interesting yeah so that's that's all the that's all the news and info I'm sure I there have. are more names coming but you know mm-hmm. I, I would I, I have I'm, this is not a prediction of any kind at this point or even like theorizing I just really hope that they end up with a more even distribution of men to women writers than most previous Star Treks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm very interested in the mix that they've got there because mm-hmm. they've got some really good, like, Trek legacy stuff. Yeah, And I like the fact that they have a novelist in there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Enterprise did in its final season was they hired um, Gareth, Gareth and Judith Reeves-Stevens, mm-hmm. who are novelists, and brought them on board as writers. You want to learn how to do serialization. Yeah. And then they were sort of worked on all the mini arcs. Yeah. That Enterprise did in the final season. It's an interesting mix because I feel like Nicholas, it's Nicholas Meyer, right? Yeah. He did the best Star Trek movies. He's done the ones that I've stayed awake through mm-hmm. rather than the ones that I've slept through. Yeah. That is actually n- not an indicator of quality, but Shut I'm glad face. that it makes you happy. Shut your face. But I think he gets the right mix in his movies of you know, what Star Trek is all about. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard to write a Star Trek movie. I have a lot of weird sympathy for J.J. Abrams trying to write a Star Trek movie. I have none because he didn't care. That's fair. But it's, it's really, really difficult because there's so... There's generations of demands and generations of visions of what it should be. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, I think Nicholas Mayer tends to get it right. He shows us what what we want and a vision of the future that we we are interested yeah. in. So I think having him on board is a really strong decision. Yeah, I think I might actually take this as an opportunity to try and read some more of this, the Voyager relaunch novels. Yeah. And just go back and sort of revisit what was there and maybe read some of uh, Kirsten Bayer's stuff. and Fall in love with Tom Paris all over, all over again. Oh, yes, definitely. So we've got some other announcements, actually a few more, from the Comic-Con panel. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a lot of things. One is the actual origin of the name Discovery, as far as Fuller is concerned. Um, He really likes Kubrick. Okay. And that opening part of the trailer with the three planetary bodies lining up is straight out of 2001 A Space Odyssey, Mm -hmm. where the ship is called the Discovery. Yeah. I? Uh, Yeah. 
Agreed. That I movie. also hate that movie. Really? I'm not I a huge hate that movie. Fan. I hate it's it. It's so boring. Oh my god. Okay, so when I was in high school, I think it was probably grade 12 in my film class, or it was something, we had to present a movie or whatever to the class, and I did 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I showed one of the sections where it was just like going on and it's just like floating through space and stuff is colors changing. And I got to the point where I was going to end the clip and my teacher, Mr. Krimble, love you, man, looks at me and goes, no, let it run for a few more minutes. <laughs> if I wanted to see someone's LSD trip, I would take LSD. Oh, I love that film so much. I hate it. Um, another hate. thing is that they are putting extra special ultra amounts of attention on having and I don't think they use the phrase strong female characters, but paying attention to making sure that the the female characters on the show actually, you know, get to be entire realized human beings. That's that good. is a named priority for them, which I'm really glad to hear. Well, um, I don't think Trek has ever really had a problem with that, though. Well, it varies. I mean, TNG came and went about it real hard. Uh, original think... series was garbage at it. No, I think that... In response to that, the actors yeah, did a lot of advocating mm-hmm. for their own roles. The women fought really, really hard for their mm-hmm. characters, and you know things have pro- things progressed from the next for from even the next generation, yeah. where yeah. you had Beverly who went off for a season, yeah, because she didn't feel like she, the actors didn't feel like she was getting enough attention or enough consideration for her character yeah. to come back and really be a strong equal to Picard. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of that came out of the work of the actresses who mm-hmm. came before. When we get to Voyager, when I they were. They were realized human beings. Janeway is my hero. Yeah. yeah. I guess and, uh, it's probably like, a lot harder to avoid in Voyager since the lead character was a woman. Yeah, and especially I'm thinking of things like um, Deep Space Nine with like yeah. Kira who Deep Space Nine was, uh, Kira so... is just like you come in and she's a full character with a yeah. personality and a backstory and a life and romance like the like the inevitable like romantic plot lines don't even come into it for seasons for her until yeah. she's like grown and as a person and settled emotionally and yeah she comes so, out swinging. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. so great. I love her. Yeah. What else? Sorry. Uh, well, the last one that I actually care about is, um, in this article I'm looking at, is it puts the science back in science fiction. And that is that they're actually going to spend time doing science, since this is, as far as I am, have heard, a science vessel. I remain true to my original sentiment, which is, eh. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think if they try and at least make the science sound reasonable in a way that serves so you're not just like the plot needs this so this is happening well the way that fuller uh spun it uh in this instance is that comparing it to the way that the united states in particular has lost the ability to be critical of science and has no idea what science actually means anymore Hmm. oh well science says so that doesn't mean anything um, so, I mean, it's refreshing that they're going to go back to going, yeah, this contemporary issue, yeah, we're definitely talking about that, and you're all wrong. Which I always really appreciated about Next Gen. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty much where I was before, where I'm refusing to get genuinely excited about this, but I did get a little choked up over the teaser trailer. Not gonna lie. I'm happily optimistic. Well, good for you. One of us will be, well, since I'm not evincing an opinion of any kind, I can't be wrong either way. Ugh. Eh. Kareen, you're officially meh. 